For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good morning. <laughs> so I'm talking about Sangha. And traditionally, um, so, as I was saying, Sangha is four monks, but uh, any four monks. But now it's community of practitioners. So we have the ancient dragon Zen Gate Sangha. And in some sense, everybody is equally part of Sangha. Uh, there are various positions. Uh, and, and traditionally, um, Sangha is, to, is uh, uh, Sangha is defined in terms of seniority, not necessarily in terms of ability or uh, class background or any of those things. And we all have Dharma positions. So there are various positions in the Sangha. So Asian is the Tanto, or practice leader. Dylan is the Eno, or in trend, and Jerry will be the new Eno, uh, head of the meditation hall. Uh, today, Hogesu is the Doan. Uh, Dylan is the Kokyo. Uh, Doan takes care of the bells and timing. The Kokyo does the chanting. So uh, there are uh, various positions in the Sangha, but ultimately, our Dharma position, which a term Dogen uses a lot, is our situation in this life, our position, our karmic position, uh, the situation of uh, our awareness, our being. all of the causes and conditions that lead us to the situation in life and in society that we're in now. And of course, that's always changing. So, in Sangha, we support each other. But I want to talk about how, how Sangha is post-pandemic. Of course, we're still not completely finished with the pandemic. Here at Ebenezer, everyone's wearing masks, although the speaker doesn't wear a mask. And we've all been vaccinated. Um, but things we are now meeting in person. And it's wonderful sitting here in this strange room at Ebenezer. So those of you who are in the Chicago area and can make it to Ebenezer Sunday morning or Monday evening, I encourage you. It's this strange, long room. I'm sitting at the far end from the door. And we, I don't know if you can see on Zoom, but we have these pillars on the left side, uh, which is suspicious in some ways. Uh, and was asked, what is the meaning of Buddha Dharma? And, he's, and he said, ask the temple pillars. And Dogen talks about how it is when the temple pillars become pregnant. So uh, the uh, pillars, these... Uh, blocks of wood along the window side uh, are soaking up the Dharma as we sit here. But we also have um, now uh, people on Zoom and uh, this online Zoom practice has been uh, was our only way of being together for a couple of years. Now we're also some of us in person, and all sanghas, and I think many groups and institutions around the country are experimenting with hybrid, with being both in person and on Zoom. Can you still hear me on Zoom? I don't I see everybody. Uh, can, can you just look at the screen? Yeah, okay. So anyway, um, so I want to talk about this situation we're in. So some of us are here in this room in Ebenezer Church in Chicago, and some of us are um, joining us online. Uh, 
and I think it's wonderful. And I think both are equally part of Sangha. We have people from a distance. There are people today from California, and I'm not sure where else uh, on Zoom. People joining us from all the way down in Hyde Park. Uh, someone joining us who, I don't know if you're in, in Sweden now or in Chicago, Eva, but, but uh, she has joined us from Sweden. So uh, in some ways, this situation of meeting online and now both uh, demonstrates interconnectedness. We're all part of this one Sangha and our job is to support each other. And it's not better to be here in Ebenezer or better to be here on Zoom. We're all here in the way we can be here. So we have to appreciate all of it. We are. We have have this great lesson now in how we're all interconnected and how all beings are interconnected. This has been true forever, but now it's more dramatically clear to us. We have founding members now who who now join us uh, from Michigan and Los Angeles and Denver. So, uh, and actually a third of the monthly supporters of Ancient Dragon are uh, at a, from a distant distance outside Chicago, and less than half of uh, the monthly supporters have been coming to Ebenezer. So again, uh, we're, it's, I feel like we're in this transition. And the point of this is to practice zazen together. This physical practice. So many people have expressed how wonderful it is to be at Ebenezer and sitting together physically, breathing the same air, being present together. And I think to do this, to have a uh, hybrid, is the word that's being used, this uh, a sangha that is both in person and online, it's good that we have a base of people sitting together online. I mean, in, in person, excuse me. It's good that we have this base of people sitting in person together. And part of our job is to support the people who are online. And vice versa. And we're, we're all supporting each other to practice. We're all supporting each other to be present and upright and face the wall, face ourselves, face reality. Whatever portion of wall or floor or whatever is in front of you, whether you're in Michigan or California or Cleveland or New York um, or at Ebenezer Church in Chicago. So how do we do this together? How do we support each other? Um, in some ways, that's what's happening. So there's nothing to say or do. But I think to, to um, to kind of be aware of this and think about it intentionally is helpful. One of the things that uh, is valuable valuable about being in person is that uh, I sometimes walk around and make postural suggestions. So uh, I can't do that on Zoom. Some, there have been a couple of times when I've seen somebody with their head forward or something like that on Zoom when I've mentioned it when I can. But the point is to sit upright and present, eyes open, ears open, heart open. So I want to just, for, for the benefit of the people joining us on Zoom, 
and maybe all of you already know all of this, but I'll just say it. Um, part of our posture is to sit with chin tucked in slightly, back of the neck straight, so we're not like this or like this. Those are exaggerations. Um, but somebody who had been on Zoom with us for a while uh, was sitting at, at, in person at Ebenezer, and I noticed they were they were like this, looking up, thinking a lot, <laughs> because that's what that, that reveals. And uh, then we sit either cross-legged or kneeling, as Dolan is, or sitting in a chair. Uh, but from the waist up, it's the same. Back to the neck straight. And hands during zazen in this position, held against your abdomen, so not out. If you need to rest them, you can put them on your knees, but just held against your abdomen. So this this is old news for a lot of you, but I, but we've had a lot of people join us in Ancient Dragon Zen Gate since the pandemic started. And I've talked with lots of them about practice and about the teaching. And so uh, I know that how, wait, this is a wonderful sangha. I meant to say that to start. <laughs> this is, uh, we have many talented, dedicated, caring people, both in person and online. So how do we support each other? How do we practice together as sangha? is a challenge now. And uh, we're working on finding a longer-term space in Chicago to have a larger temple, uh, a little larger than we had at Irving Park Road, where some of you were. Uh, but now we're at Ebenezer in this in this interesting, <laughs> uh, strange room. I'm, we, we, I'm sitting now at the in front of the altar. We've had the speakers sit over there looking towards the windows. But this way, I can see all of you. It's, I think we'll, we'll try this for a while, see how it works. So we have to try different things. We have to be creative. This is a challenge. People sitting together in person and around the world, or or you know, around the outskirts of Chicago or whatever. Um, how do we do this together? So this is a, a time for creative possibilities. How do we interface? How do we connect to each other? How do we support each other? So there are uh, things we cannot do in uh, this space. We don't have a, a, a separate room for practice interview for Doksan with teachers. We don't have a kitchen to cook for uh, longer sittings. We're doing half-day or one-day sittings here, and people can bring back lunch. But, um, you know, we're looking for a space that has more of the traditional uh, uh, Zendo functions. Um, so, um, Again, this is a time for uh, creative creativity about how we express the awareness of Sangha, how we appreciate each other. So during discussion periods after talks, and I hope, hope we'll have a, a long time for discussion today, I think we will, um, you know, people from online and people here at Ebenezer can comment and ask questions, and we're doing this together. Again, I think having a base of a group of people sitting in person together is really helpful for those of us sitting here together, but also for the people on Zoom, but also the people on Zoom joining us from uh, distant places. Uh, helps us to see our interconnectedness. So we have two members of our board who are at a distance, one in Cleveland, one in England. We have two assistant directors who are at a distance, California and Cleveland. A part, of, part of how Sangha works 
you know, all the different positions that we need to keep Sangha going uh, requires that we all work together. In addition to Sangha, as in Ancient Dragon's Endgate, this, this particular community, there's also this idea of Mahasangha that's been around for a while. The different communities, the different Sanghas, uh, in this case, the different Zen groups that uh, interface, and that we're all part of that one Sangha. This has been accentuated during this online Zoom time. So people from other groups come and uh, join us online uh, for talks in Zazen here. Uh, people in uh, our Chicago Ancient Dragon Zen Gate are also going to check out uh, Zoom opportunities in, in uh, California and New Mexico and Minnesota and uh, various other places. This is healthy. We're all interconnected. That's the reality. Everybody you've ever known is sitting on your, is on your seat right now in some way. We are all influenced and affected by many, many, many beings. And also everything we do supports and affects people in many, many places. We don't always know that we usually don't know the way in which our, our practice uh, ripples out and has effects that uh, maybe sometimes we know, but a lot of times we just, you know, people who, who, people who we've practiced with are going through their lives expressing something that they, that is, that is partly what Zazen awareness has given us. So there's this uh, Mahasanga uh, kind of tangibly now. We can appreciate how we're connected to other Sanghas, other specific Sanghas, but also beyond formal Buddhism, how we're connected to many other cultural leaders and supporters and helpers in whatever area we're interested in. So I see people here who are playwrights and improv performers and many other things. And we're all influenced and supported by many, many, many beings. So in the spirit of Mahasanga, how do we now um, appreciate this connection? So uh, the great American Zen patriarch Gary Snyder said that Zen practice comes down to Zazen and cleaning the temple. So I think our work leader, Michael, isn't here in person today. I think I heard his name on Zoom. Anyway, we meet after our Sunday Zoom uh, programs and do a little bit of cleaning here. Um, when we have a larger temple, there's a lot more to clean. Uh, so um, how do we take care of the temple? But Gary Snyder says, we, we, do, we sit Zazen and we take care of the temple. And it's up to us to... define how wide the temple walls are. How do we take care of people connected with us, with us through Sangha in California and New York and Minnesota and Texas? Very challenging place now. And the Ukraine. So we've had people join us from Sweden and uh, Argentina and Czech Republic and England and Israel. Um, we're more aware of things happening in different places of the world and we care about them and um, 
So this is uh, an interesting, challenging time. So maybe that's all I wanted to say, uh, that we need to be aware of uh, how we support each other, whether we're joining us, uh, whether we're joining together in person here at Ebenezer Lutheran Church, Chicago, or uh, whether we're coming uh, to Dharma Talks uh, online through Zoom or whatever. How do we see the complexity and wonderfulness and dynamism and expression of Sangha? How do we support that? Sangha is one of the triple jewels traditionally in, in Buddhism. Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Buddha being uh, awakened beings, but also the principle of awakening in everything. That we live in a world where awakening is possible and, and the world around us supports us in awakening. And we support the world around us in awakening. And Dharma is the teaching teaching of reality. How do we uh, appreciate the teaching, help support the teaching? But then the third jewel is uh, Sangha, which enacts, expresses, puts into practice this awakening and this uh, teaching of truth and reality, Buddha and Dharma. So, I want to just express appreciation for the people at Ebenezer and the people online on Zoom. I'm, uh, my current intention is for our Sunday and Monday events to spend one of those at Ebenezer and one of those supporting the people on Zoom. Uh, how do we realize uh, our deep connectedness and, and support? So thank you all for being here. We have time for discussion and I'm interested in Hearing responses, questions, comments from um, people here at Ebenezer and people on Zoom. Um, I don't know who is the Zoom. Is David David Ray? Are you there on Zoom? Yes, I am here, Tygen. Uh so maybe if you have if you have a comment or question, whether you're on Zoom or in person, uh, David Ray will call on the on the uh, Zoom people, and I can maybe see everybody here. So comments, responses, sangha utterances, please feel free. Jen, um, speak up so they can hear you. Yeah, I, I'll try. Um, it's Easter today. Yes. And it's also the middle of um, Ramadan. And it's also Passover time. They all come together on this at this one part of the year. I don't think it happens every year, but this year it did. And I, I believe that Passover is today, or is right now yes. also, yes. And um, and so to, this morning on, on Being, there was a, a, Chris Tippett interviewed a woman, from, a Jewish woman, and she talked about uh, the Exodus and the complications there too, and brought it out of the realm of a children's story, that it was really uh, very, very, uh, the, the God was in the detail, so to speak, and not just the outlines of the story. And it was uh, very interesting. But um, uh, so when you talk about teaching reality and the truth, 
Um, I actually have trouble with that idea because um, the truth, I'm used to people who hang on to their truth and I don't think it's true. You know, I don't think their truth is true. And, and yet there's something about Easter that's very true. And there's something about Passover and the passage out of Egypt that's very true, uh, even when it's used symbolically or metaphorically. I don't know much about Ramadan, but um, except, except I guess it was when um, Muhammad was brought up to heaven and they don't know which day of the month it was, so they celebrate every day of the month, of the month of Ramadan. So, um, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, it's all true if you interpret it right. And how does, for example, what I consider to be a metaphor of, uh, of um, Jesus rising from the dead and being alive again, how does, how does that relate to what's true? And, and so to me, this is a constant question and I, I I'm just bringing it up. <laughs> That's all. Thank you. That's a basic Dharma teaching that Jan has just given us that. And of course we know uh, now in our society that the very idea of fact or science is under question. What is, uh, what is reality? What is true is the basic question. And uh, Thich Nhat Hanh uh, says that right view means not to hold on to any particular view. So we have to be open to listen, but also we have to, you know, use our sense and use our awareness from our practice to uh, look at what is true, what is real, what is helpful. So yes, all of the the stories of all uh, the religions have something that is true in them. Yes, Jesus rising. Slaves escaping from slavery into freedom from Egypt or from uh, America, (laughs) wherever. Um, All of these stories help us to see some aspect of the truth. But there are, you know, it's possible to believe in something that's as true that is is, uh, obviously not. So now we have, in our country, book bannings and people uh, trying to uh, deny history and actually stop people from studying our history because it might be, you know, painful to someone to actually uh, learn the truth of, for example, slavery and racism and Jim Crow and and lynching that is uh, so much a part of United States history. So, truth and reality is a question. It's it's about questioning. It's about looking, about paying attention. So, in our zazen practice, you know the the uh, sixth ancestor, in some ways, the founder of Zen in China, uh, talks in his sutra about. The oneness of samadhi and prajna, when we settle deeply as we can in zazen, insight arises. Prajna is insight, is translated as wisdom. <coughs> but we see something. And that means uh, being willing to see things freshly as we day after day settle into. Uh, samadhi, into deeper awareness. So maybe the most instruction, the most important instruction for Zen practice is just to continue, 
just to continue showing up in this body, heart, in this uprightness, in this concentration, and to pay attention to what's real. And, you know, listen to others, but we don't have to take on what everybody says, but we have to listen and learn. And then our, our practice off our cushion in our everyday activity is just to express the reality we see in our life. So Dharma is challenging. What's real? What's true? And maybe it changes and maybe there's not one ultimate reality. How do we see wholeness and appreciate all of it? Appreciate the, the truth that's at a distance. Appreciate what's right here. And uh, Dogen, the 13th century founder of Zen in Japan, who I, who I quote often in his, in his teachings, often says, please study this. Please look at this. Please investigate thoroughly. So our, pra- our practice our, in, in Zazen and as Zen practitioners is to question truth, as you have, Jen. What is true? And we can learn from everything. It doesn't have to be just Buddhism. How do we learn from everything in our, in our world, in our society, in our life? So thank you, Jen. Other comments, questions, responses? Please feel free. Yes, is, is, that, uh, is, our, is that our Hennis? Yeah. Hi, great to see you. How again. are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Um, I think that... And, and louder so the people on Zoom can hear, please. It's interesting the conversation because one of the things that I have um, confronted a lot is that um, I, I have a hard time like identifying with one particular philosophy or religion. Uh, I'm grateful that I have always had meditation. Good. To be part of um, because it's being uh, like the identification of one religion has I feel limited. Uh, so <laughs> I had um, I was before here some time where I was uh, doing um, with another group. I was the um, uh, in charge of this the sacred path. Um, one of the things that they required for me to become a Buddhist. <laughs> and, um, but I had done all the levels of this program, so I was the, the person that was qualified to continue. Um, so it became very like rigid in terms of like encouraging me to become something that I couldn't because of my own way of being, of really being open to absorb, not just from Buddhism, from other religions and other uh, cultures and other that had enriched my life very much and I felt like I was kind of like confronted with this fact that I needed to become a Buddhist and I really uh, though I was very appreciative and I have always been appreciative of Buddhism um, the main thing for me has been meditation and the focus of meditation itself and at that time when I joined that group the focus was very much meditation, but then it started transforming into becoming more like a rigid and the dogma of Buddhism. So I had to step down. But um, but the thing is, I, I guess the point that I want to make is that um, I, I, I feel open to everything and to learn from everything. And I feel like uh, I was really sick at one time and it, a priest came to my uh, room. I had pneumonia. Uh, Can you hear him on Zoom? Yes. Yes. Good. Yeah. So uh, uh, the priest came and uh, he looks at my chart. He said, um, "Oh, I noticed that you don't have any uh, religion uh, down." And I said to him, "Because I don't have one." He says, "So how would you raise?" And I said, "Catholic." So when do you walk away from the Catholic Church? 
and say, I didn't. I expanded it. Good. And so he didn't understand what I was trying to say. I said, it's like you go to an orchard and you enjoy the apples, you enjoy the orange, you enjoy, you enrich yourself with all these different cultures of fruits in this, uh, in this, um, orchard. So, um, but, um, but anyway, but all I wanted to say is that, um, you know, that it, it, to finding the truth and, and to be very, uh, actually, um, what is the word that I want to use? It's like, um, question everything. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You know, one of the problems, uh, with religions and actually with spirituality and philosophy and, you know, all of it, and the questioning process itself is that sometimes people find something that seems to have answers and then they get stuck on it and then they build institutions about it and then it becomes dogma and it's, uh, it's a problem. So, um, you know, I'm officially a Zen Buddhist priest and a Zen Buddhist teacher, but on some level I don't care about Buddhism, you know? Uh, I care about awakening. I care about helping suffering beings. I care about uh, supporting people who want to practice, who want to look at the truth, who want to physically sit upright and be present. So uh, we can find many sources for that. Um, one of my favorite poets, Will, William Blake, said, anything that can be imagined is an image of the truth. So to listen to other, to other traditions is helpful. You know, some Zen teachers get very possessive of their students. This happens, uh, and they don't want them to go and hear any, any other teacher or any other tradition. And I, I feel the opposite. I mean, uh, you know, it's great for those of you who are here and, and, uh, you know, helping support Ancient Dragons Zenge, and all of you are. But also, please, go um, listen to music, watch movies, read books, um, <laughs> you know, look look at the world and, and listen to uh, things that you might hear from Catholic priests or, or Sufis or uh, Muslims or Jews or, you know, all traditions so-called religious traditions, but also cultural traditions, uh, you know, can be supports for the truth, for reality, for your life. So, um, and then the other side of it is in that, uh, you know, religions create institutions, and those institutions that have human institutions, you know, need, need to uh, perpetuate themselves, so, uh, you know, then you can have dogma and, and, and uh, limited perspectives and, and try to enforce some teaching on others. And then you have crusades and pogroms and all kinds of terrible things. So um, how, how, do, how do we see Mahasanga as all of us practicing together? Looking at looking at truth, investigating, not trying to erase history or bad books, but open to looking at how we got here. So thank you so much, Rahinas. Other comments? Anybody on Zoom? I will I will pipe up and call on myself. This is David Ray. Um Tigan, thank you. Thank you for that talk. And I'm I'm really I'm really appreciating the, the the warm, intimate space of of sharing that that your talk has opened up. Um, I'm aware of something today that surprises me, and that is that. Um, so I'm sitting here on on Zoom, you know, experiencing the Zoom hybrid experience, and it feels warm and intimate to me today in a way that I haven't experienced before. I've you know up until now I've found the hybrid experience to be. I don't know, just sort of hard, harder to harder to, to, to participate in than than uh, you know, either in person or or off, off on on Zoom. Um, 
It's uh, so so. I first came to Ancient Dragon in January 2020, and for me, it was this. It was kind of an immediate feeling of both homecoming and home leaving. In a way, it surprised me. Um, you know, most most of my life was was in connection with Abrahamic religion, and uh, I'm grateful for all that I got from it. And, uh, you know, the, the, like there are people sitting in, in Ebenezer who were among the first people I met when I came that time. Is there a really loud noise? I'm hearing a really loud, like, ocean roar. Can people hear me? I don't know. Anyway, um, all of that is to say that um, it's it's really amazing the way that Sangha keeps, I don't know, keeps being brought forth in, in new ways. Um, uh, I'm one of those people who likes Zoom, uh, but I wasn't sure about Zoom hybrid. And uh, this really feels like Sangha sitting here, and I'm super grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that's part of what I'm feeling is, um, you know, that the people sitting in person are wonderful, and the people on Zoom are wonderful, and we have to respect the whole thing, and we're, we're not separate, really. Um, and it's, it, it is, I think it's possible to feel like people on Zoom are just, you know, sitting in, in their room and looking at this, at, at this computer screen and not really here practicing. Uh, we're all in this together. And so I'm really happy that you feel that um, we have to support that. Uh, and we have to also support people to come and uh, experience Ebenezer. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that most of the people who used to come regularly to Irving Park, to our wonderful temple, uh, back, back in the old, old days before the pandemic, most of them have not been at Ebenezer yet. So if you're if you're one of those and, and hear me, please come and check this out. But also, please feel free to join us by Zoom. We have to. Um, I think we. I think in this new situation, we have to widen our idea of practice in sangha. That mahasangha is is the reality now. Other comments, responses, questions. Other opinions. <laughs> yes, Bo. Hi. Hi. Um, I've been thinking, you know, because of this talk today, maybe before that as well, like just kind of reflecting on uh, practice at our previous place at on Irving Park and practice here, and you know. <laughs> can't help but notice that, you know, some people I haven't seen now in a couple years that I was used to seeing pretty frequently before, right? Yes. And, you know, <laughs> sort of being like sad about that a little bit, you know, uh, because there is a family aspect to this that I really appreciate, um, that feeling. And so I'm wondering how to think about some of the people that you don't see as much now, you know? Um, I, I think in our practice, and or I gather, you know, it's not like you don't want to be, um, I don't know, you don't want to push people too much, right? Like, to, to practice, I don't think that's appropriate necessarily. Uh, but I guess, yeah, just that question of, how to think of, you know, people have various reasons I know for not being here, <laughs> and I'm sure 100% legit, but I just, I also miss those people, <laughs> yeah. and so, like, just how to think about that a little bit. Yeah, I think family is a good example. I mean, I think that this is a family, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, people uh, are part of our family, whether we see them or not. Uh, one of the gifts of Zoom is that some of the people who were part of kind of founding members of this family of Ancient Dragon, um, uh, I don't know, I can't really see that many people on the Zoom windows, I can only see a couple, but so I'm not sure who's here. But um, 
for example, Nathan in Michigan and David Hill in Denver and Amina in Los Angeles never stopped being part of you know, Ancient Dragons Endgame. But now they're coming through thanks to Zoom. And Arhenis and Al, I haven't seen you in a while on Zoom either. And I know there are people who don't like Zoom. There are people who like Zoom like David Ray, but and I like it, but you know, for certain things. Anyway, it's great to see you and, and I've thought of you. It's not, it's not like I thought you were had left. It's just that we're all here in different ways. How do we have a wide view of how this family works? And, you know, family is a good, a good metaphor. Um, you know, in the sutras, they talk about sons and daughters of good family. Sons and daughters of the Buddha. So we're all here as children of Buddha in some way each in our own way. And it's not that there's one right way to do that. There's not one right way to be Buddha. Each one of you who I can see here and the people on Zoom who I can't see, uh, I can't tell you how to be Buddha. And yet you can explore. You know, Dogen says to study the ways to study the self. This goes back to what you were saying, Arhenis. To study the way is to study the self. So that's really our practice, just to study the self. Look at, and, and the complexity of self, and all of the different family members of this self. <laughs> and then Dogen says, when we study the self, we forget the self. We don't get caught up in our own ideas, in our own uh, prejudices. We can open up to wider self. So we drop off then our limited body-mind and see this wider possibility. So all those people you're missing, Bo, are still here because you're missing them. <laughs> I recently heard, uh, saw in the book about grief is, grieving is, is love that when we have a loss, when we grieve for somebody or something that has passed, our grief is an expression of our love for that. We grieve for the, the people who've, all the people who've passed in this uh, terrible pandemic, all the people who are lost in, you know, the Ukraine and other places, um, where there, where there is war and genocide, Yemen and um, West, Western Sahara and, and so forth, so many. Um, but this is how we love the world and love our species and, and, and maybe even love all the other species, some of whom are going extinct. So how do we... So thank you for missing people, though. Because that means they're here. Other other responses. Anybody else on Zoom? Maybe not. Um, we're still working out our. Technology. I can only see two of the people on the Zoom at this point. Anyway, um, anybody else here? Comments, responses, questions, other viewpoints, because we have to always be open to other viewpoints. What is Sangha? What is practice? What is reality? What's true? We need to keep asking, questioning. And, you know, not in a way that is uh, debilitating, because that's possible. We can doubt things that feel like nothing is true. How do we... Well, we have to see our... Studying the self means seeing our own truth, what is true for us, but then listening to other perspectives. Jan, again? 
Um, what you said just reminded me of um, the big circus guy, um, Barnum Bailey, Barnum, probably Bailey. Barnum. Barbu, probably this is from Barnum. He said, "It's so much more easy to bamboozle somebody who believes nothing than it is people who believe something." It's just what you just said. Yeah, Zazen is about not some idea that we believe, but that we learn to trust this body-mind, this heart, this awareness. We come back to the discomforts of Zazen, physically sometimes, emotionally sometimes, but just be present in the middle of it and trust that. And then look around and hear what others have to say. Be open to learning. Anybody on Zoom? Any comments or questions? Responses? Well, maybe maybe we're done for the morning. Mm -hmm. Thank you all.